crowd is standing. 50,000 of them. Seeing their team go behind by one point. Hang on to your hats. Here come the Steelers out of the huddle. It's down to one big play. Fourth down and 10 yards to go. Gary Bradshaw at the controls. And Bradshaw back and looking again. Bradshaw running out of the pocket. Looking for somebody to throw to. Fires it downfield. And there's a collision. And that's caught out of the air. The ball is pulled in by Frank O'Hare. Harris is going for a touchdown for Pittsburgh. And now, time to get in the huddle with your host, Charles Ritchie, here on the Mass Steel Podcast. Hey! You blink, I'll cut your eyelids off. Don't you blink. Let's go. You get where you feel like you can rush the quarterback. You understand? Rush the quarterback. Bends in for the touchdown. And there's the coup de grace. Do you have room in the trophy for another one there? You got six of them. Now you're the winningest franchise in NFL history. Won't make room. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition here of another Steeler uh, Sunday. Uh, getting ready right now. It is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers with their 21st home opener at Heinz Field. And what better way to open it up? Uh, with a classic one. We got a good one in store for you today. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Las Vegas Raiders. I know it's uh, going to take some time getting used to many fans as you see them, as they're no longer the Oakland Bears there, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, coming into Heinz Field. Uh, the only all-time uh, regular season series uh, versus Pittsburgh Steelers at 13-10. and 10. And also, when you include the playoffs, the Raiders are 16-13 and 13, uh, lifetime versus Steelers uh, as they uh, split in the playoffs, going 3-3. Three and three. And uh, just imagine, I mean, uh, a lot of it to this day, I mean, the emotion more so going into this game when you really think about it. I mean, how much – I think, to be honest, I think both fan bases will always be ready to go whenever it's Steelers versus Raiders. But I think especially Raiders fans, for whatever reason, seem to come up a little bit more amped with this. Just for the simple fact of well, the play you just heard a few moments ago, the immaculate reception – and in their mind, it was called the Immaculate Deception, a play that uh, should not count. The only uh, question was, I mean, when, when we look at uh, Frenchie Fuqua, uh, did the ball hit twice? I mean, or not. I remember, I mean, that the ball would hit an offensive player twice. It would not count as a the play would have been blown dead. But instead, it was bang bang play. It looked like the ball could either hit uh, the rare defender or uh, Fuqua in that play. And you look at all the years uh, turmoil that it's uh, caused from a rare's uh, stand standpoint, especially rare's uh, fans when we look at it. And it was just a uh, really an interesting uh, time by this. I mean, for the Steelers, they were the true benefactors of this, yes. I mean, going on to finally win their first ever playoff series, which eventually set them up for further playoff success, winning their uh, pair of Super Bowls. 
four Super Bowls. I mean, about two years later. And you look at the Oakland Bears right there. I mean, at that point in time, too. I mean, they were already a frustrated uh, bunch right there. They only been to the Super Bowl one other uh, time, and that was still under the AFL uh, banner. I mean, that time. And when you look at like what the Raiders had to overcome and what they had to do, I mean, they just felt like you know they were the bridesmaids for a long time. I mean, and just uh, felt like they had like superiority over the Steelers at that time. I mean, when you look at them and, like, say, like, back in uh, 1967, I mean, they beat the Houston Oilers, go to the Super Bowl, only lose to the Green Bay. They get smoked 33-14. Uh, to 14. And what would happen uh, years to come with the Oakland Raiders? They'd be run up in the conference championship games to uh, get to the Super Bowl I mean, when you look at it, I mean, all this time, I mean, when you really take a look at it, I mean, they came up short at least uh, at least uh, three other, I mean, uh, three other times prior to that. I mean, losing to the Joe Namath and his New York Jets, uh, Landos and the Kansas State Chiefs, which, by the way, those teams broke through to be the first ever AFL teams to uh, finally beat an NFL team in the first uh, three super, first four Super Bowls right there. And then they will go on to lose again to uh, the Baltimore Colts with uh, Giant Ice uh, still quarterbacking right there. And which, by the way, Ted Hemricks, who would also later become a Raider, he won his very first Super Bowl with that Baltimore Colts team, uh, upsetting the Dallas uh, Cowboys and Super Bowl five with a game-winning uh, field kick, which is a game where we saw uh, many people saw Johnny Nice got knocked out of the game, I believe, at the end of uh, halftime around that time. But the Colts still had a good enough defense. And here we are. I mean, the Raiders, from their standpoint, they really felt like they had their superiority. I mean, the Steelers were just learning how to win at this point. And, and as a, you remember me highlighting, too, Najee Harris, I mean, listen, he didn't have the best of games last week. I mean, going in there versus uh, the Buffalo Bills. But at the same time, too, when you look at it, I mean, what, I mean, his performance, I mean, you take a look at, I mean, for what he's been able to do, I mean, in that contest, I mean, versus the Buffalo Bills and trying to, I mean, make some early impressions. I mean, listen, I, I told you before, it took a while for Frankel Harris to get going in his career. I mean, when you look at, I mean, Dr. Harris had 45 yards uh, rushing. And then when you look at Frankel Harris, once again, too, I mean, his NFL career, I think it didn't come till, let's see. I mean, uh, his numbers uh, right here for his first ever 100-yard uh, rushing uh, game in this uh, contest. It didn't come until his fifth game of the season against the Houston Oilers. So, I mean, the Steelers will be definitely looking to improve. I mean, a lot of things right there. I definitely would like to see the run game get a little bit more involved. But for right now, I mean, uh, here we go right now. Steelers looking to earn their 17th victory at Heinz Field. And we look at the Pittsburgh Steelers' uh, lifetime 
in regards to uh, home openers, and speaking of which, too, I uh, do want to point out here as uh, we look at this will be the first time that they'll be in front of full attendance of live fans. I mean, yeah, we saw a decent amount of uh, fans. I think it was like around over 40,000 in the preseason game uh, versus Detroit Lions this past August. But last time regular season-wise, uh, it was Sunday Night Football versus Buffalo Bills. Over 64,000 uh, in that game, uh, which was the start of a three-game losing streak. Steelers, at that point, they only had to win two out of the remaining uh, three games with some help to reach the playoffs or just went out. They had control of their own destiny, uh, lost that game, only scoring uh, 10 points. I believe the final score and uh, that one for the Pittsburgh Steelers versus uh, Buffalo Bills, I believe that one was uh, 17 to 10 and a very highly uh, contested battle right there. Very good defensive battle. I mean, by the way, I mean, when you look at that game, I mean, but the only uh, way the either team uh, pulled away was until the fourth quarter uh, when Josh Allen threw a 14-yard touchdown pass to Tyler uh, Croft with 7.55 remaining in the fourth quarter Me in that game. And uh, keep in mind, the Steelers' last set of points came uh, late uh, – I mean, came early in the third quarter where they went up 10-7 to and eventually the Bills retired early in the fourth quarter, but three-game losing streak, unfortunately, was set up. But at the same time, too, I mean, you look at a guy like Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger, he's been a guy, I mean, who's even alluded to. One of the reasons why he came back for an 18th season was to play in front of those fans. I mean, just get the rush of the crowd. And you better uh, darn well believe, I mean, that's going to be one of the things – I mean, he's going to be paying attention to him because this is a guy right here who definitely prides himself on uh, giving his utmost uh, best. And uh, I don't blame him. I mean, last year, I mean, it was a different set of circumstances. We're still sort of in the pandemic year. I mean, we, we still have our restrictions. But, I mean, I, I gotta admit, I mean, just watching this year across the board, I mean, with sports in general, I mean, I could go back as early to, like, baseball, as we could say, or hockey playoffs. I'll, I'll even dare say the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs where we really started to see little but surely uh, fans coming back in the tents were like, where was the Pittsburgh Penguins, unfortunately losing in six games to the New York Islanders. I mean, you just saw like the raw most of the fans coming back right there. Then you saw it with baseball right there. I mean, just playing in front of uh, capacity fans. And then now the NFL – and the Steelers are some Bills. I mean, it was just really cool to see Steeler Nation once again show why they're Steeler Nation over a fan base as Bill, Bill's Mafia. Bill's Mafia, they definitely got an awesome fan base. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, for Steelers fans and Steeler Nation, boy, did they travel well. And they really uh, continue to remind why they have the best uh, fan base, I mean, in the NFL, arguably. So, uh, with this uh, right now, uh, Ben Rasper and quoting, he said, I don't want to think too much about it because it'll probably be too exciting. So, I'm trying to temper my excitement right now for the Rasper, uh, which, by the way, he'll need three touchdown passes to become the eighth player in NFL history 
with 400 in his uh, career uh, going into this. As we uh, look at that right now, uh, and uh, 400 touchdown passes, that would definitely be a marvelous uh, feat right there. And uh, for becoming the eighth guy to be on that uh, list, I mean, it's pretty uh, freaking amazing right there. Uh, the other previous seven who have a 400 or more, of course, Tom Brady, uh, who was number one at the all-time touchdown list with 585, who surpassed uh, Drew Brees. Uh, he's got – Tom Brady's got 585, Drew Brees 571. You got Peyton Manning third on this list, uh, Hall of Famer, 539 along with other fellow uh, Hall of Famers, Brett Favre, 508. Uh, Dan Rail, who comes after Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is at 421. Then you got Dan Rail at 420. And Aaron Rodgers at 412. And Ben Rosberg, he's able to get that number today. I mean, like three touchdown passes. I mean, it is, I mean to make it for 400. I mean, just uh, let this sink in for a moment. Amongst his current group of players, he'll become the third player currently playing with 400 touchdown passes or more. I mean, what's just pretty darn amazing? I mean, you look at a guy like Ben Rochefort, I mean, yes, he hasn't won league MVP or Super Bowl MVP. But, I mean, when you look at what the thing alone from this standpoint, for the fact that they didn't have a legitimate franchise quarterback since Terry Bradshaw originally retired uh, after the 1983 season, I mean, his final game was clearly against the New York Jets I think for a quarter or two, and uh, his uh, shoulder, I mean, pretty much was just putting out, or his elbow, I mean, basically. And you know he was in a lot of pain right there. I mean, don't forget, too, I mean, he also injured himself, too. I mean, the prior year, too, Terry Bradshaw, I mean, who uh, got hurt, I mean, basically – And uh, by the way, I mean, uh, his uh, elbow surgery, don't forget, it also started in training camp of 1982. And one of the things he did mention, too, by the way, was that, you know, thank God for the uh, nine-game season that year because if he would have had to go a full uh, year uh, playing for that, uh, he, he's not too sure he would have been able to play through that as much because he, he did kind of catch a little bit of a break right here at that time. Uh, before it finally uh, gave in uh, during the Jets game where he was eventually uh, done for good and just was not the same guy. But, I mean, Bradshaw right there, I mean, it, it was just uh, – he was just an icon right there. I mean, definitely I'm sure one of the guys who uh, had his feet held to the fire about what he saw, but not really. I mean, he was knocked down, I think, uh, when the play happened with that immaculate reception. Uh, and there we go. But speaking of which, uh, Steelers and Raiders right now, uh, since playing in Heinz Field, the Steelers have been able to win four out of the previous six games played at Heinz Field. And the uh, only, uh, like, uh, two games that they lost to the Raiders at Heinz Field was back in 2002, uh, Sunday Night Football. Uh, that was, of course, you saw uh, rich guys like uh, Rich Gannon, Jerry Rice, uh, Tim Brown uh, on that team right there, uh, who eventually went to the Super Bowl, only ended up losing to the Bucks that season. 
Uh, John Gruen was not the head coach. It was actually uh, Bill Callahan. He was a coach who replaced John Gruen, who was actually traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who ousted his former team. And then you had 2009, the year the Steelers were defending Super Bowl champions. And the frustrating thing about that game back in uh, 2009, I mean, when you look at it, too, I mean, that was another one. I think they had, like, a meltdown in the fourth quarter uh, versus the Oakland Raiders, I mean, in that contest. And you you looked at it right there, too. I mean, the Steelers uh, had about a four-point lead with under two minutes to go. They were up 24 to 20. Only for the Oakland Raiders, Bruce Gradkowski, uh, to uh, march down the field and eventually uh, throw an 11-yard uh, touchdown pass to Lewis Murphy with nine seconds left to go uh, with the extra point, 27 to 24. So they had their frustrations too. And in our game, I'll definitely point out too where the Steelers uh, had a lead against the Oakland Raiders, which was very frustrating to watch. This was in Oakland. I'll never forget this one. This was a late Sunday afternoon game. I mean, of course, but you look in this game right here where the Steelers were up by 10 points, 10 points uh, going into the fourth quarter. They blew the 10-point lead. They were shut out in the fourth quarter. I mean, the Raiders would score uh, 13 unanswered points to beat the Raiders. I mean, beat the Steelers by a field goal. 34 to 31. I mean, and uh, that was it right there. And the Raiders, I mean, for the most part, they have uh, found a way to have this team's number uh, for however you uh, look at it. But right now, I, I got to tell you right now, this is a game right now. I mean, the Steelers, they do not want to overlook. Mike Tomlin is also familiar with John Gruen. I mean, remember, he was a, an assistant coach under John Gruen, uh, Tony Dungy's uh, former uh, squad right there. They eventually saw them win the Super Bowl, uh, finally. They finally got over that hump. And, I mean, Mike Tom will always uh, have uh, Tony Dungy in uh, high regards. I mean, uh, his mentors, of course, no doubt about that. But, I mean, having to play with John Gruen and basically just uh, going into this right now, I mean, he's still savvy enough in Tomlin's eyes to be an offensive guru at this stage of his coaching career, John Gruen is. Say what you will at the end of the day about how he's had all his trust with the Raiders organization. I mean, for a 10-year uh, contract, I mean, about $10 million a year, and you got Mike Tomlin, who's got about $38 million for four years. I mean, still, I mean, Mike Tomlin is clearly the better coach in this situation. The only thing I will say to John Gruen's credit, he has done it successfully with two other teams. I mean, you could argue, I mean, like the Raiders, I mean, he did with a team that was transitioning back into a playoff team, uh, made a good run down as far as the AFC Championship game over 20 years ago. And then Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I mean, he finished the job that Tony Dungy could not. That was frustrating. Uh, getting over the Philadelphia Eagles finally – uh, game passed him out of the first round, and then this time to beat him in the in the NFC Conference Championship game, and finally win that first ever Super Bowl. So at the same time, I think Gruden he still deserves a little bit of credit. That was clearly Tony Dungy's team. 
But John Gruen, at the end of the day, he provided the spark that was needed for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. I mean, the biggest thing that was always being complained about from the defense side, from guys like uh, Warren Sapp uh, and even Derek Brooks or whoever on that defense or John Lynch, they always felt like that the offense was not being held to the same standard that the defense was. And that was uh, not cool with uh, some of the veteran uh, Bucks players on that team and really took a very exception to that. And uh, this is uh, what we get into uh, right now. Uh, but for uh, today's matchup right now, as we look at it, TJ uh, Watt, he even got on the phone too. I'm super excited, according to TJ. It seems like my rookie year since I've seen fans at Heinz Field. I was jealous of the Bills last week for having their fans uh, there. Hopefully we can get as loud as Heinz Field can possibly get. Now let's go to the tail of the tape right now. Coaching matchup. I mean, John Gruen was saying going to this matchup, they're going to be a challenge for the John Gruen. They're obviously at Joe Schober and Melvin Ingram, a couple of really good uh, veteran players to go with TJ uh, Watt and uh, Cam Hayworth. They're well coached. Keith Fuller does a great job. And they too are unorthodox. They present a lot of different looks and we have our work cut out for us on a short week. Now, John Gruen, uh, you look at a guy like him. I mean, a guy who has been to the playoffs uh, 10 times. I mean, uh, five times, excuse me, in his uh, coaching career. And then you got a guy like uh, Mike Tomlin, end of the day, who has been to the playoffs uh, plenty of times in his overall coaching career. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, I mean, when you look at the times he has been there, I mean, he's been to the playoffs nine times. I mean, and has been have an outstanding job in this regard. I mean, 154 career victories, 86 uh, losses, and a tie. And then you look at uh, John Gruen's record right here uh, going into this uh, game. John Gruen, uh, lifetime career-wise, he has 111 career victories, 106 uh, losses. And uh, right now, I mean, the pressure is on him. It's time right now, I mean, for one of his grueling grinders, I guess, uh, say if you will, uh, to get going in this contest. Because right now, I mean, the Raiders, they're coming off a very impressive uh, upset over the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football. And that's the only thing that concerns me going to this matchup is how much they're going to be building off of that. If anything, I would say uh, for the Steelers, uh, this contest, they cannot let their guard down. And I, I did mention before, I mean, when you look at, like, some of the stuff going to this matchup, I mean, right now, as far as, like, the coaches right now, I mean, the Oakland Raiders right now, uh, for right now, I mean, got a pretty good uh, coaching uh, staff uh, pretty much assembled right now. And you, you look at, like, uh, some of the people that uh, came in here right now. I mean, one of the guys that uh, that Mike Tomlin uh, highlighted here is Rob Marinelli, a very uh, familiar uh, coach uh, with him when they were paired together with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, of course, you have uh, Gus Bradley, too, by the way. I mean, Gus Bradley right now, 
who uh, came over uh, from the L.A. Uh, Chargers, I mean, did a good job, I mean, with uh, their squad. I mean, keeping their uh, defense in total yards, 10th uh, right there. I had uh, – I mean, did, did a pretty good uh, job right there. I mean, one thing that I think uh, will be intriguing right now for this matchup right now, I mean, Ron Marinelli, I mean, this guy is about a season veteran. I mean, a very damn good uh, defensive uh, coach. Uh, once again, a familiar spot on the defensive line. And you look at the Raiders uh, going into this uh, matchup, I mean, versus Steelers right now, I mean, into this uh, game, uh, definitely going to have their uh, work uh, cut off for them in today's uh, contest. I mean, the Vegas Raiders, by the way, too, when you look at some of the guys on here, when you look at like a Denzel uh, Perryman, or Jonathan Abraham right here. I mean, Max Crosby is a guy who's going to be one guy to watch out for, in my opinion. So when when, when you look at – let's go look at the injury report once again, just to recap. Uh, Steelers, uh, they have listed on their injury report uh, backup uh, defensive end, Charles Davis. He is out due to a knee injury uh, for uh, this contest, uh, basically, uh, for – uh, this matchup, uh, Carlos Davis, uh, he uh, did not practice on Thursday and Friday. He was limited on Wednesday. He is rolled out. Then you got Go Hayden, Devin Bush, and Zach Gentry. Uh, they are questionable with Hayden and Bush uh, with groin injuries and Zach Gentry with an ankle. So you got uh, two starters that could be very key in this game uh, that will be out. But for the Raiders' side, when you look at it too, as far as them, they will be without five players, three starters in here. Uh, Alec Ingold, uh, fullback. No, excuse me. Uh, Josh Jacobs, excuse me. Josh Jacobs, uh, running back. Yeah, he is rolled out for this game. He will toe an ankle. He did not practice all week. Left guard, Richie Incognito. Uh, he was listed with a calf injury, did not practice all week. He is rolled out of the game. And then you also have uh, Nick. Nick Katowski, a middle linebacker, who was in concussion protocol, he did not practice all week. He is rolled out for this contest. The other two people who are out uh, for this game, uh, not going to be very key, but you got backup quarterback Marcus Mariota. Uh, he was dealing with a quad injury. And then you got Roderick uh, Teamer, a safety, dealing with an ankle injury. He did not practice all week. But as far as your questionable uh, players going to this game, both backups, by the way, Pearl Nassib, uh, defensive end, pictorial until not practice on Wednesday, limited on Thursday and Friday. Then you got Darius uh, Phylon, uh, backup defensive tackle, knee. Uh, he was added on the injury report on Thursday. He was limited on Thursday. It's not practice on Friday. Uh, he is questionable. So there you have it right there. Uh, Steels will be out one player for sure, uh, which is one of their backup uh defensive ends, but you got the Raiders out with uh, five uh, players. So expect the Raiders go to the air in this one, for this one. Which is going to leave me right now as we get ready to wrap this thing up? Keys to the game. And I'll tell you one thing. One guy I want to see get a little bit more involvement with this offense. Grant's only the second week of the uh, second game of the season, but why not? I think if anything, I mean, if Deontay Johnson continues to Drop passes. I mean, don't get me wrong. He had a very good touchdown pass, overcoming a lot of failures from a year ago from being benched 
uh, versus Bills game. That guy really showed a lot of heart. Uh, eventually caught the game winning touchdown pass and put them up for good, thirteen to ten. I mean, at that point in that uh, contest, but I mean, when we uh, look at here, and uh, for for the most part, I mean, thirteen to ten, yeah, and. You look at what they were able to do. They were able to finish that game out 23-16. to 16. So, if anything, I think it's fine that we see the Steelers fullbacks involved in the tight ends a lot more, something that they rarely do in their offense. I mean, you got a guy like Pat uh, Fryer move right now. I mean, if you got Eric Ebron uh, being uh, questionable to go into this uh, game right now, I mean, with a growing injury, I mean, why not involve Fryer move? I think Fryer move right now, I see a little bit of not only Heath Miller, but – Jesse James, the way he uh, leaps up and grabs the ball, too. And also very made a really good block last week first, uh the Bills. I mean, on the sweep, sweeping handoff to Chase Claypool. So, if anything, I think prior move, I like to see him get a little bit involved, involved with tight end sport. I think that has to be very pivotal. It shows a well-balanced offensive attack, in my opinion, uh, from a strategic standpoint. Also, too, you want to build Najee uh, Harris's uh, confidence early by feeding the ball. I mean, the Raiders were 24th in defending the run. Uh, they were at the top of their game and stuffing opponents at 19%, which is 13th. Uh, key guy to pay a touch through uh, forward, like I just mentioned moments ago, is going to be their defensive end, uh, Max Crosby. And uh, Max Crosby, like I said, watch out for this guy. He leads this team as a defensive end and tackles for loss. Two years in a row right there. Uh, you look at uh, last year, 2020, he had 14 tackles for loss. Um, he had six more than the uh, guy that was second on this, and Nicholas uh, Morrill, uh, who's an outside linebacker. He had eight, but, I mean, this guy seems to be a disruptor right here. So, if anything, I mean, he's the guy who I think could be uh, pretty dangerous in this contest. And he also had fumble recovery uh, last year. 13 quarterback hits. So, if anything, I think the matchup you pay attention to, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, going into this matchup, I mean, you got right defense and uh, Max uh, Crosby here, I mean, for the most part. But then you also got to look at right now, too, I mean, on the Steelers' offense line, who would be called into challenge, I mean, for that. I would imagine, I mean, for that, when you look at, I mean, it's going to probably be Kevin Dodson versus Max Crosby in that matchup, I would imagine. So let's see how uh, Dodson does in that situation. who came a little bit out of shape because of too much muscle mass, what we heard in the porch scoring the Dejan Kovakovic uh, back in June. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I think Najee Harris right now. Look, listen, let's just take a step back. Give this guy a few more games. I think he can get going. But then uh, last key uh, right here for uh, this game, I want to see more better efficiency uh, in the red zone. They were one for three uh, last week in the red zone uh, in this contest right here. Uh, last year, I mean, there were 11 red zone scoring. I think they could, I think they could bump that up a little bit in today's uh, game uh, for today's matchup. You want to attack that red zone. Put the pressure on the Raiders to try and play uh, comeback. You want to set the tempo by pumping out your leads early, in my opinion. And just and last but not least, stay disciplined on on uh, offense with pre-snap penalties right there and defense. Remember, they had uh, three in the first 
I mean, two or three in the first half to only finish out with five for the game versus the Bills. Bills had eight penalties in that game. Bills finished up with five. So disappointing football. And there you have it. That's going to be this edition for Show Blitz of the Steelers versus Raiders pregame show here of the Metal Steel Podcast.